From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, would you use your wireless carrier to stake Ethereum? That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, October 3rd, 2022. We're in Q4, Q4 of the year, and the leaves are changing. They're falling off the trees. Everybody's cutting their grass shorter, waiting for the snow to come. I'm going to talk about this, I think, until summertime because I cannot stand winter. However, I am very happy to pull out the layers, the long sleeve shirts, some sweaters, some cardigans even, pullover, a hoodie, a Henley. I also have some boots and some shoes that I haven't worn all year. So that's that's the good part. You know, that is the good part of it. Also, this weekend, there was a lot of birthdays in the family. So we had a birthday on the first, the second, and then like everybody online, Facebook friends were like, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday, this person, that person. And even celebrities were having birthdays. And I was like, is October 1st and October 2nd the most popular birthdays? And so I looked it up. And just to let you know, October 1st is the 20th most popular birthday. And October 2nd is the 53rd most popular birthday. So now you're thinking, what is number one? Well, the top 11 birthdays are in September. The 16th, the 9th, the 23rd, the 17th. And they all correspond with conception being around December 25th, December 30th, December 31st, New Year's Eve, you know. And so it's quite interesting. You get hunkered down at home, got some alcohol, the holiday season, some Christmas cheer, and then uh, babies happen. Anyway, yeah, October 1st is very popular. September birthdays are the most popular. And my birthday happens to be the number 42nd most popular birthday, December 29th, which I don't know anybody with my birthday. If you have a birthday of a December 29th, it's coming up. Send me an email, matthewarnettocrypt.co. Now let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Alrighty, let's see what those crypto prices done did over the weekend. The time is 9, 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $19,270, up 0.7% in 24. Ethereum's at $1,307, up a percent. Tether's number three, USDC's number four, and Binance's at 286, up 1.7%. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. Total market cap is up 0.3% at $930.9 billion. We have a BTC dominance just shy of 40%, we're at 39.6%, and an F dominance dropping to 17.1%. Moving into today's headlines, pro-Russian paramilitary groups are conducting crowdfunding campaigns and they're raising a significant amount of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to evade U.S. sanctions. As of last week, around $400,000 since the beginning of the Ukraine-Russia war has been raised. And they're raising this money to buy, you know, ammo, thermal imaging devices, radios and other things. 
Now, why the amount of money that's raised by these paramilitary pro-Russian groups is insignificant compared to the millions and millions of dollars raised by Ukraine in cryptocurrency, this is a big red flag of how these groups can get funded by crypto. Former CEO of Celsius, Alex Mashinsky. Well, he allegedly withdrew $10 million from the company's bank account back in May, just weeks before the now-defunct crypto lending firm froze customers' withdrawals. Now, this is according to the Financial Times. A source close to the matter told the Financial Times that the withdrawal had been pre-planned and was linked to Mashinsky's estate planning. Hmm. Mashinsky would reportedly withdraw small amounts of crypto for taxes, but he also consistently deposited cryptocurrency in the amounts that totaled what he withdrew in May. So, let me just summarize this really quick. It looks as though Mashinsky withdrew $10 million before he froze everybody's accounts. That looks shady. However, this seems to be pre-planned because this was linked to Mashinsky's estate planning. And so what he did is always deposited cryptocurrency into the account. Um, it totaled $10 million, and then he withdrew his own money. So it seems as though what they're saying is that he did withdraw money, but it was his own money. It wasn't like he was taking money or skimming off the top or anything. So even though he probably had the foresight to know that <laughs> there was going to be some problems and he was going to have to close uh, withdrawals for all customers. And so he took his own money out. It doesn't seem that there's any theft involved. So that's a good thing, even though it might be shady because of the timing. Anyway, that's what happened. Allegedly. Another case of benevolent hackery. A hacker this morning returned 70% of the $23 million that was stolen from a DEX transit swap on Saturday. After a self-review by the transit financial team, it was confirmed that the incident was caused by a hacker attack due to a bug in the code. And Transit Swap says, we are deeply sorry. Of the amount that was taken, the hacker reportedly transferred 2500 BNB, or $710,000 worth of BNB in today's prices, to Tornado Cash. Transit Swap earlier tweeted that it was working with the user to formulate a return plan for the stolen funds. And why are they working with the hacker? Well, because the hacker is kind of sloppy. They have his IP address. They have all kinds of things on this person. So it doesn't look like they're going to get away with it, and so they might as well return the the stolen crypto, um, and hopefully Transit Swap doesn't press charges because it kind of did them a favor by showing this bug in the code. There were a couple outages this weekend, outages that should not happen, but they did. Coinbase account holders in the United States found themselves unable to conduct transactions on Sunday morning. This is a problem that was identified with ACH transactions, ACH withdrawals, deposits, and buy failures. During the issue, Coinbase tweeted, We are currently experiencing technical issues created by ACH transfers. Rest assured, your funds are safe. Which are usually the famous last words of any exchange, but in Coinbase's case, I do always believe that they're safe. Knock on wood. And in other outage news, Solana suffers a major outage, and it was because of a misconfigured node caused the Solana network to stop processing transactions and go offline on Friday. This is the fourth major outage from Solana. This outage comes about a year after an 18-hour outage last September. So what exactly happened? Well, at 7.01 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time on Friday, Solana posted that the network was experiencing degraded performance. Shortly after, Solana posted that the network was experiencing an outage and not processing transactions. And they said, in quote, It appears a misconfigured node caused an unrecoverable partition in the network. What the hell does that mean? Well, they translated it for decrypt. They said, A validator was running a duplicate validator instance, meaning that when it was their turn to produce a block, they produced one from each instance. 
for the same slot. So some validators saw the one block, some the others, then couldn't agree which block was correct. The SEC filed charges on Friday against four men behind Arbitrade LTD, Cryptobonics Inc., and Cyan Trading for allegedly running a pump-and-dump cryptocurrency token scheme worth around $36.8 million from 2017 to 2019. The men behind this scam claimed that they had $10 billion worth of real gold bullion in reserve, which they would back their Ethereum-based crypto token with, and that crypto token was named Dignity, or ticker DIG. That's ironic, isn't it? Anyway, DIG's makers claim that each of the $3 billion total DIG tokens were backed by $1 worth of gold, and DIG tokens could be redeemed for gold at any time. And they basically were lying about the existence of the gold, and pretended to hire accounting firms to audit said gold. Well, we'll keep you updated how this plays out in the future, and just note to everybody out there, if you're going to make a cryptocurrency, and you're going to back it by gold, make sure you have the gold. Deutsche Telekom, the parent company of T-Mobile, they announced that they will run a validator node to support Ethereum staking. T-Systems Multimedia Solutions is a division of T-Mobile, and they're working on a proof-of-stake app and a DAO to operate the pool, allowing customers to take part in validating transactions without having to run a validator themselves. Deutsche Telekom believes liquid staking via their new service will attract customers because it, like other such services like Lido, saves them the hassle of having to set up their own validator node. And it's cheaper. To set up your own node, you need around 32F, which at today's price is eh, $43,000. So I guess you just stake a little bit of F with T-Mobile. Who would do this? Would you do this? Or would you just use Coinbase or Binance or any other established centralized exchange to do it? Let me know. Matthew at Decrypt.co. And finally, crypto influencer Ian Bellina has launched a GoFundMe page to pay for his legal defense against the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, which earlier this month filed a lawsuit against him for allegedly selling unregistered securities. Ian's goal is $25,000. He has raised $1,337 so far. And for everybody who doesn't know who Ian is, if you were around back in 2017, everybody knew he was a shill. Everybody in the space, every creator, every educator, everybody knew he was a shill. Everybody. You'd go to a crypto conference and be like, oh, there's the shill Ian. You would say, Ian, you kind of, people would want to back away from him. A lot of some people kind of gravitated toward him because it looked like he was making a lot of money. And so people were like, oh, hey, how's he going to make money? But he was an obvious shill to everybody, you know? So everybody was just kind of keeping their distance from Ian. It's just quite funny that it's like almost like now in 2022, we're like, oh, hey, he was shilling stuff. Yeah, he was definitely shilling stuff. 100%. Allegedly. I think I have to say allegedly after everything, right? That kind of protects my butt. Allegedly, he was allegedly this kind of person that everybody was allegedly talking about. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.